Welcome to the East City Wesleyan Church podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And if you would like to learn more about East City Wesleyan Church, please go to ecw.org.nz for more information. Now, here's your podcast. Well, good morning, everyone. We are wrapping up our uh, series that we've been in for the past four Sundays. And the series has been Extraordinary You. The simplicity of my life, your life, but in the connection to God, how truly remarkable, how truly extraordinary life can be experienced and filled with joy and impact. So let me recap the series for you. If you're tuning in for the first time or you've missed one of the weeks or if you're like me and I can't remember what I ate for dinner last night. The first week, Pastor Joey kicked us off, and he talked about the four keys to effective living, to create a toolbox, if you will, to really strive to honor and glorify God in all ways, shapes, and forms. Week two, I then highlighted the type of person that God uses throughout all of Scripture, seeing the type of character, personalities, individuals that God gave favor and saw honorable and used them in mighty and magnificent ways. Last week, Pastor Richard discussed how to be a stronger person, how to really uh, stand firm in the faith and to understand and know who God is and what he desires in and through your life. This week, I want to talk about living above average. What does that look like? You know, I I think of celebrities, I think of our heroes, but what about simple, ordinary, little old me, simple, ordinary, little old you, to live above average, out of the mundane, to live boldly and radically for the Lord? What does that look like? In 1 Chronicles chapter 4, I want to be nice to our scripture reader because I really love and appreciate Jane. And when you read through the genealogy, I think we tend to proof text the pronunciations of all the names listed in 1 Chronicles 4. It's incredibly difficult to know and understand the meaning of all these descendants of Judah and what that family tree represents and what it looks like. But if, if you're a historical, uh, if you have a historical brain and you want to dig into those genealogies, please do. But there's something significant that comes out of it. I think about all the projects that I had as a child growing up and how many times in primary school, intermediate, college, that we would have to build our family tree. And for me, I thought it was easy. You know, there was my grandmother, grandfather that passed away before I was born. So grandma that was the prominent figure in my, in my family tree, aunts and uncles, which are decreasing by number rapidly through the years, and then all the cousins, my siblings, and what that looks like. But it was simple for me in looking at my immediate context of my stepdad, my mom, my older sister, my younger brother, and there was me. Now, if, if you're intrigued by genealogies and, and you like this kind of stuff, you maybe have seen the pop-up on, uh, while you're surfing online or on social media of Ancestry.com. You get the little cotton swab and you swab your mouth out and you put it in the post and you find out where do I come from beyond what I could easily map out? What percentages of this ethnicity or nationality make up who I am and what does that look like? 
How do you share your findings? What does that do for you? Because it gives you a sample of your origin, your story, who you are. Now, for me and my family, I thought about uh, dynamic people. You know, is there anyone of significance, anyone interesting in my family tree? And there was a, a relative that I had in Oklahoma, and I knew her as Aunt Corabel. Aunt Corabel Earp was her name, and cousin Jimmy Earp. And you might say in their family tree, my family tree, was the legendary hero of the OK Corral, Wyatt Earp. You know, played by Kurt Russell, Kevin Costner, and a list of tons of other people. And this is part of my family origin, part of my story. There's also part of my story, my great-great-great-grandmother, that was a full-blooded Miami Indian. And a Native American tribe that res- resided in north-central Indiana. All these generations later, my hometown, where I come from, where my family still lives, is in north-central Indiana. We didn't migrate too far, except for this black sheep of the family halfway around the world. Other significant things would be my great-uncle, my great-aunt, my grandmother that moved out of Chicago with ties to the Italian mafia. Started up chains of banks across the state of Indiana and part of my family origin, part of my story. And then there's Josh Bolin. Little old, simple, ordinary, if you will, me. There's also you. Simple, ordinary, you. So thinking about your story... I wonder if there's going to be anything next to your name of significance in genealogy and family trees in the generations yet to come. Is there going to be some commentary? Is there going to be a depiction of how you spent these days of your life to have an impact on the world? To make a difference in people's lives? To do something bold? To do something radical? In 1 Chronicles 4, we have the descendants of Judah. And we have them simply, many of them, most of them, listed by their name. That's it. To talk through the generations, line after line, who birthed who, to give the connections and the family ties. But then we come to something special. Out of all these descendants, Jabez in verses 9 and 10, gets special commentary that alludes to a life that was honorable and pleasing to the Lord. And he teaches us a few things about faith in these very short verses. Why? Simply, he lived above average. So I want to unpack this a little bit this morning, if you will. But before we get there, let's set the stage towards the right attitude in which to approach this morning's message. Back in the year 2000, there was a small book published that expanded these verses, and it pushed around from one Christian household to the next like a hot potato. People were like, you got to read this, you got to read this, you got to read this, you got to read this. And, and, And people just saw this book as gold, something that they wanted to latch on to, they wanted to uphold, they wanted to believe, they wanted to implement it into their everyday lives. 
And there were some of us conservative theological minds that were a bit hesitant and uneasy with the literature because of the dangers of the prosperity gospel. While others claimed and hung on every word as truth. So let us peel back the layers, not of a book, but rather of scripture this morning. That we might learn something together. And hopefully, right where you are, not just ticking a box this morning, but being completely and utterly changed and transformed. So if we genuinely want to live above average, let us work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. It's found in Colossians 3.23. Wisdom's instruction is to fear the Lord and humility comes before honor. Proverbs 15.33. So in our text, we don't have a lot from Jabez, but we have the whole theme, all the characters, all the people found in Scripture, and how the wisdom and truth from 1 Chronicles gives us a snapshot, a snippet, if you will, of a life that's pleasing and honoring God. So let us learn a few things from Jabez's life. One thing that I I can note is that Jabez was a person of action and sincere faith. You've heard the prayer this morning as Jane shared it with you. Jabez was introduced into the world with a bad start. His mother was pained. Now, you mums that have given birth, um, I've been present in in the delivery room. It looks like the most excruciating pain of all times. But Jabez also had brothers. And his mother said his labor pains were so much worse than all others that labeled him by name from the moment of his birth with a stigma that would never leave him. His name meant he causes pain. What's the meaning of your name? I hope it's a little bit more positive than that of Jabez. To have that label on him every birthday, every day that the good Lord gave him breath, that he causes pain. And particularly in Jewish tradition, the name was more than an instant memento of, hey, this this labor was very painful, so his name is Jabez. It was very prophetic. It was foretelling of things to come. Jabez, his life that would bring great pain. Again, a negative stigma placed on him. Yet we find in the story that Jabez defied all odds. All the odds were against him. The cards were stacked against him. And he became a person of action and sincere faith. How do we know this? Scripture tells us God found Jabez honorable. And the fact that he gets mentioned in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, above all these other names... He was a person of significance, one that God said, I want you to take note of this person's life above all others in his family tree. Ephesians 5 says, follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Be an imitator of Christ. 
be that in which God created you to be. And when we understand this, when we implement this in our day-to-day lives, our ordinary becomes extraordinary. How do I know this? Because God is extraordinary and we're created in his image. And I think that's amazingly awesome. When God is in your life, guess what? The old is gone and the new has come. Away with the mundane. Faults and failures, they're forgiven. Victory over sin, it's possible. So let us all heed this advice. 2 Peter 1 verses 5 through 8. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be an imitator of Jesus. Jabez understood the power of prayer and he made time to talk with God, to have that communion, that fellowship with the Lord. James 5.16 says, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer, catch this, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So in that and understanding Jabez that he was honorable, righteous, found favor with the Lord, Jabez sought God's blessing. And my question to each and every one of us this morning, that is there any blessing in life apart from God? Is there any blessing at all apart from the Lord? Jabez also asked God to enlarge his territory. With expansion, material or spiritual, comes greater responsibility. It's a bold ask. It's a bold request. Say, Lord, help me to expand and help me not to drop the ball in the process. He asked for the Lord's hand to be upon him. What if you and I started every day with such a prayer? Lord, may your hand be upon me. Give me your favor and lead me forth. Expecting God's hand to be in all the details of your day. Would your days look any different? Would the days of this week look different than last week minus lockdown? How would you live to honor, find favor, and glorify the Lord in everything that you say and do. Jabez asked to be kept from harm and to be free from pain. This was a game changer. This altered his entire existence from the moment of his birth, that negative stigma of he causes me pain. He renounces the negative aspects of life and he focuses on God and the goodness of the Lord. He wants to see God in all things and honor God in all ways. Paints a beautiful picture for you and I. Because God doesn't want us to just 
ease through life. To be safe or just be average. Plateaued from this moment till the day of our death. He wants us to live extraordinary lives. Trusting in him in all things and in all ways. So although Jabez is mentioned in just two verses, those verses have significant meaning and can have great impact on you and I today. Jabez was choosing to trust God instead of the label that his name put on him. His prayer to God is one that sums up what each of us truly needs to get through in this life. Jabez had a legitimate want. What do you want God to do in your life? Like Jabez, do you know what your life want is? Do you struggle with letting fear get in the way and cripple you time and time again? How can you overcome possible laziness in your life to live a life of contentment and longing for more of God? Do you think little when it comes to your spirituality instead of seeking God's big gifts for your life? Some deep questions. Some questions to reflect on and to be real and answer. So many have sought the prayer of Jabez to be that of prosperity gospel hoopla. But I think it's so much more. In fact, John Wesley figured this out in his journeys and his ministry. He says this, I look on all the world as my parish. Thus far I mean, right and my bounden duty to declare unto all that are willing to hear the glad tidings of salvation. Expand our territory, Lord. Lead us forward. Keep us focused on you. And perhaps the best posture of prayer can be found in Scripture, taught to us by the Lord Jesus Christ himself. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Amen.